What on earth is that? It's a Journey into Comics Network production! The following podcast, scheduled for one fall, is for the Journey into Wrestling Podcast Tag Team Championship. Because the Warhorse will fight until he breathes his last breath. I got the whole damn world in my hands. Your arms are just too short to box with God. You just made the list! But the man is back. Daddy's home. Ricky ain't about just taking titles. I'm about taking this up to another level that you've never seen before. I'm a wildfire burning across the countryside. I am Napalm Death. Welcome to Villain Enterprises! Don't think, don't puppet, don't empty, all pro wrestling. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of Journey into Wrestling. It's Journey into Wrestling Season 4, Episode 23, if you can believe it. Today, I am your host, Nate. Today, joining me, because I can't do this podcast. It's like, I mean, LA, or I guess Proud and Powerful now doesn't come out uh, only as one member. You always have both. So, without further ado, let me announce to you the Santana to my Ortiz. Welcome back to the show yet again, Mr. Alex Buckles. How's it going, bro? Not bad. Does that does that obligate me to just stand there and scream the best over and over for like five minutes? You please do. Please scream that we're the best. <laughs> I, I I scream every day for a living. I, I really don't need to do it on a, on, a, on a microphone again. I've learned my lesson. You're like, I'm over it. I don't uh, want to do that and live that experience ever well, I again. Can, I, as anyone, as anyone who could listen, who has listened to my uh, short stint on Dungeons with Dudes, I've redlined mics before by accident. So I'm, I'm trying not to. I'm trying to to break that set of behavior. He's trying to be a good buckles, just getting it done right. <laughs> oh God, trying, not always succeeding, but trying. Yeah, totally. So, uh, what's been good in your world, my friend? Man, I have been. Having an interesting couple of weeks, uh, you know, personal level. Um, as we talked about on the last show, I actually took all of last week off, took a bit of a vacation for myself, a little uh, uh, re- attempt at rest and relaxation. Yeah. Had a good time. Got to come up and uh, hang out with a podfather for some Pokemon Go hangs. That was fun. That was a great That was a fucking blast. time. Fucking uh, Pokemon Go Fest. Is anyone, and again, Having just mentioned that I was on Tunches with Dudes, I am an out-and-out nerd when it comes down to it. So, yeah, the fact that I'm not here playing Pokemon Go is the 34-year-old should surprise absolutely precisely nobody. Oh, but you know what? Like, listen, we did this Pokemon Go Fest together, and we were walking around Crown Point and looking at, you know, people walking around also, and everyone was kind of their own little clique because everyone was scared to be around anybody else. You know, it wasn't like, I'm sure... If the coronavirus wasn't a thing, it might have been. But there is no way that you should put an age limit on how old you should be to play Pokemon Go. Because there were all ages playing it, Mm -hmm. which was 
Absolutely. awesome. There were families and kids and, and older, older parents and grandparents that were playing Go. And I was just like, this is fucking crazy. Because I got out of the you game know, for a time for... and didn't realize it stayed so popular mm-hmm. and actually has gotten even more popular now. You know, I've, I've said for years, anytime anybody ever asks me, you know, how old I am, which apparently I don't look 34, who knows, but uh, whenever anybody asks me how old I am, my first response is mentally or physically. And I, you know, if it's mentally or emotionally, I, I waver somewhere between an 8 and a 12-year-old. So I don't mind it. <laughs> I'm here yeah, for Yeah, hell yeah, man. I, uh... Uh, but anyway, but uh, had the good time up hanging out with you, got some good lunch. Um uh, Came back to Lafayette, pretty much just spent the week hanging out with my dog, goofing around, spent some time with uh, T.Y. of the, uh, of the JIC podcast with uh, Mr. David Linder. Uh, Shout out to you, AJ, uh, AJ, who's on the, a lot of the podcasts as well. Um, got to hang out with those guys for quite a bit. Um, would have been, I would say, a really relaxing weekend until I, like the last day of my vacation and my car decided to stop working and, uh, you know, $750 later, I've got it back, and it might not be completely fixed, so not exactly the best end of the week. That's some horse but, shit, uh, <sighs> Well, I mean, it's a 17-year-old car. I can't say a whole hell of a lot about it, but uh, such is adult life, unfortunately. Again, there's a reason I'd rather be the, you know, 8 to 12. So. Totally less responsibilities, <laughs> for sure. Whenever somebody asks you what you want to be when you grow up, ask them, why the fuck do you want to grow up? You're like, what's the point in that? Absolutely. Um, but uh, the last couple of days, I went. Back, I started back at work on Tuesday of this week and uh, jumping right back into the fire. So I've been running around like a chicken with my head cut off all day, getting caught up from my week off and ready to go for what's coming. And, uh, you know, we've talked about on past shows what I do for a living, and we're busy as hell anyway. So it's just been right back into craziness from the word go. So I don't know. But happy to have a little bit of wrestling in my time and uh, – Couple of good episodes of wrestling tonight with NXT and AEW, and just a lot of good shit this week. Man, it's interesting too because I've been—I uh, don't remember if I mentioned this uh, last time we were on, but I started the Ruthless Aggression documentary. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. Okay, so I finished it. It was awesome, but then I was like craving more documentary type stuff. So last night I started the Last Ride actually. I still have not, you know, even with all the time off that I had, I have not gotten a chance to sit down and watch it, or it's, it's completely slipped my mind. It's one of those situations, I've heard very you know, good things. where I was like, I want to put this on, and if in 15 minutes it doesn't fucking captivate me, I'm doing something else. Right. And the, the, the fact that what they captured is captured, and the story that's told is told is actually what ends up making it. I've only watched the first two parts of the five and actually technically right. six if you include the episode where he just tells stories, part documentary. But, like, you know, they filmed going into his match against Roman as it being this is it. And Taker wanted to kind of have that curtain drawn back just a little bit. What he didn't realize is he would be so unhappy with his match with Roman that he would crave betterment and, and growth in the ring, and that would lead to his match with Cena and the doors really blowing open for some of the crazy stuff that ended up happening that caused him to again, be embarrassed. And we, you know, obviously once right. I finished it, we can really, really dive into it. I would love for you to, at some point right. go through it too. So we can really, really have a deep dive on it. Cause so it is very it's, interesting it's certainly and on behind the, list. the scenes. Yeah. It is certainly on the list of mine to watch. I've, I'm aware of it enough. Like I've seen the highlights and 
and summaries of it that I, I can, you know, piece my way around what happened and what's being said already. And, I mean, it, like, the fact alone that you're getting out of kayfabe Undertaker is such a rarity up until now that, I mean, that alone is worth the watch. Well, and the really cool thing, too, is is there's some footage of stuff that you don't, you've never seen, you didn't know existed. Right. right. And it's like him backstage talking to Matt Hardy when he's a kid. Not a kid, but, you know, he's in his Young. first two years in the industry actually working right. matches on the, on the main roster and not just doing dark matches and holding the door at the Royal Rumble, you know. Like, right. and, and I mean, oh man, there's all kinds of different people that are involved with it too. And you get to see like, it's cool. Cause you get to see Jericho a little bit in the, in the documentary, you know, when he's still mm-hmm. that era Jericho it's, it's, oh man, it's, it is really cool and special. Like I was, I would, like I said, it had 15 minutes to captivate me and it did it really quickly. And I was like, well, should I guess I'm watching two episodes tonight, even though I need to go to fucking bed. <laughs> so it happens to the best. Yeah, of us. man. No, um, I just been just taking in as much wrestling as I can in this crazy time. You know, we've had a lot of crazy. I mean, since we last talked, there've been more debuts on AEW than I can even probably remember correctly. We've had we've had debuts, we've had uh returns. We've had some strange uh, we've had returns, we've had strange uh, segments, shall we say? We've had, um, you know, my fa- one of my favorite parts of the week is the, the indie guys coming back and Warhorse getting his shot. We've had the first Honest to God Beyond match or Beyond show I've gotten to watch in probably six months, five months probably. Um, hell, we just today had, uh, you know, Marty Janelle or Marty Janelle or Marty Janetti, you know, claiming he may or may not have killed somebody in the past. That is that's all well, things that have happened, and, and that's like, yeah, I'm glad you brought up the Genetti thing. That's a that's a hot off the press in the last like five or six hours, kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So he makes this post on Facebook claiming that somebody um, tried to essentially sexually assault him, and then that was the first time he disappeared. Somebody, let me just say, he used the term the first time, right? As and the, the even creepier thing is the fact that the whole story is being told because he's essentially warning a girl that just dumped him or that just broke up with him not to fuck with him. Like, it's it's really unsettling in a way. Yeah, it's... And, well, it's per- I shouldn't even say in a way. It's just full stop unsettling. Yeah, well, and then the other thing is is that, I, I you know, as soon as you see a headline like this, you're going to the comments section to see what people are saying. Right. And... Well, Genetti's said some fucked up things in the past. He has. Too, so. He's you know, there's no uh, denying he's a racist and and has said some really terrible right. things. We, we don't need to retread that water. But someone claimed through research that was probably pretty quickly done in an era where the internet exists and you can search anything. There's no missing person like fitting the possible description of. Right. Of the person that Genetti's well, claiming disappeared, so maybe you know he disappeared himself in a gimmick or some you know shit. Maybe. And then of course, of course, <laughs> I saw the funniest fucking thing, bro. I'm wondering. I think I may know where you're going with this, but go okay. Ahead. So it was like a um, you know somebody creating dialogue for the situation, and it's like mm-hmm. you know Marty makes the post on Facebook. It's a work. Cops show up to investigate. It's a work. 
Cops find evidence tying him to a murder. It's a work, I promise. Judge sentences him to jail. It's a work. Marty Jannetty in prison. <laughs> I worked myself into a shoot, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, the best thing I saw about it, it's, it's kind of depressing that we're sitting here riffing on somebody possibly committing murder. But, um, yeah, but I don't think he did. That's why I'm bet, riffing on it so hard, I because it. I don't believe there's any truth to this. Like I feel yeah. like, if no, my, anything, Marty Jannetty's just vying really fucking hard for them to dive into his crazy downward spiral in season three yeah. of Dark Side of the Ring, you know? Well, my favorite my favorite comment that I saw was, man, that uh, that barbershop segment, that's the longest, longest, most drawn out face turn I've ever seen of, of Shawn Michaels. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. No, I like, OK. Turns out that Jannetty really was a coward and diving through the uh, glass all along. Like, I guess I guess my thing is this, like Jannetty, his trajectory shifted. Sure. And is he as good of a worker as Sean? Well, that's, I guess, really to be debated because he never had the opportunity to work all the people. Well, I mean, is there has there really been as good a worker as Sean Michaels in a long time? It doesn't really. That's that's kind of a tough comparison to make for anybody, not just Janetti. Correct. And I mean, people want to make that comparison because Janetti was his tag partner and all this. Like, right. they're two different people. Right. They're two different people. And like I said, Marty didn't have to carry the business for a long time and, and, and shoulder the championship on his back and, and do all the things that that requires. And he didn't have to, you know, rigorously, you know, um, essentially lose his career and then right. fight back. You know, like there's Shawn Michaels' story is his own story and Marty's is Marty's. And unfortunately, it's not it's it's. It didn't go it, well. It didn't, let's, let's it didn't go it. well. It didn't go and well. now he's this older <laughs> yeah. dude who's kind of, you know, at the end of it. Not to say he's, like, towards the end of his life or whatever, but he's, you know, definitely not in wrestling shape anymore and can't go like that. But he he just seems like he's crying out to just even have people pay attention to him. He's, like I said, he's released some pretty unsettling things in the past. Like, there were some incest-based comments that he's made in the past. Like, he's said some weird weird stuff and every time you you see something come up from him you really wonder just like how much drugs is that guy on at any given point in time and not the mellow you out maybe have a nice you know fun afternoon kind of drugs but the uh you know i'm seeing shit crawling on the insides of my eyes kind of shit correct and like you know i feel like you know and i obviously don't know the guy but you kind of get a sense of of how a person loses themselves to drugs as you see their life devolve. I mean, and it could also be alcohol too. We don't well, know, and, 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 and more likely than anything, a combination there of both. More than likely. Um, um, I, the closest comparison I can make, and this is kind of a weird one, but it's um, it's almost like watching the uh, David Hasselhoff crawling around on the floor trying to eat a cheeseburger. <laughs> Like, it's just depressing to see, and you really wonder what's going on and how far a person has fallen, and and it's just ugly to see. And the sad thing is, uh, Hasselhoff may have been drunk and pitiful, but he wasn't saying things that made you outright hate him or, you know, claim that he killed somebody or other horrible things. So it's it's really just kind of... He's becoming the male version of Sonny, which is not a good thing either. Oh, man. And, yeah, that's just... So, yeah. 
There's, there's. I think you hit it right on the head when you said he's going to become a dark side of the ring at some point. I mean, I don't, I don't want to say that. Like, there's a lot of different dark side of the ring segments and stories that can be brought to that show. Um, but his career specifically is very intriguing, and you know, right. you don't know the backstage politics of everything or whatever. But it right. seems like after the barbershop segment, he was left at the side of the road to to not. Yeah, he was just kind of left a twist in the wind. Yeah, and I, um, yeah. my hope is that somebody like a DDP maybe can get get a hold of him and straighten him out. But at this point, you know, it could be the police office that does. You never know. So yeah, and of course the the other the the other thing is when you got a person that's so far gone, you know, like Jake wanted to be helped. You could tell if you watched the resurrection of Jake right. Roberts. Like you're right. like, oh, he 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 wants to be fucking helped or whatever. Um, but I don't see Marty Jannetty wanting help because he doesn't seem uh, to have a problem. He doesn't seem to have a lot of repentance to him now, so, at least at this point. It's, uh, it, it is sad. Um, it is crazy. I saw that this morning. I was just like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Like, come and on, like, man. And again, that's, and that's just the, the tip of the iceberg on what's going on in the last couple of weeks. We've got, I mean, just looking at AEW, we had Warhorse. My my beautiful baby boy Warhorse having his uh, his spot on Dynamite. Great showing. Why haven't they signed him yet officially? It. What's up with that? There's still a chance that they might have. Um, they released a bunch of their music. I don't know if you saw that. Hmm. The guy that does their uh, their music put up uh, something on Twitter. You can go online and download. I want to say it might be on SoundCloud that you can download a bunch of their themes. Include it's headlined by the Vicky Guerrero "Excuse Me" remix, which is. Somewhere between hysterical and horrifying. Hysterifying, yeah. But War Horses is on there as well. Hmm, and you wouldn't have... They wouldn't have created a custom intro for him if he wasn't sticking Or they wouldn't have put that much thought into it and thinking somebody wanted to... They needed to release it. So maybe I'm grasping at straws here, but... But, I mean... I'm happy to see Just look... Let's just real quick... Okay. So let's do this for a minute. Let's talk about the... AEW TNT Championship, Cody Rhodes, and kind of what has become a very interesting usage and utilization of this belt where he's open challenging and then allowing people not within the company, or at least from the angle we're seeing it, not within the company, to come on and have a tryout. We've now had two NWA guys show up, Mm -hmm. Ricky Starks and Eddie Kingston. And then it, yep. we had Warhorse, which is awesome. So that's three. Which is the, the first true indie guy that he's had. The really true, true indie indie guy. Uh, we've also had Janella. Uh, not Janella. We've had Sunny Kiss. We've had uh, who before that? Who was one of the first? Jungle Boy. Um, Jungle Boy. Darby. The first. Darby, right? I mean. Um, and now Scorpio Sky. Who... Uh, cut a really decent promo last night on AEW Dark, wanting to have a "quote unquote" bigger seat at the table. He deserves it. So this man challenged Chris Jericho for the title, the world title mm-hmm. in Chicago. When I saw, and it was amazing. And, he's and, been and a, let me tell you what: I know you weren't in the crowd that night. I know you were only watching on television. Buckles, but listen. Had they put the title on Scorpio, that crowd would have been so hot and over for him. 
Dude, you forget I saw him the week before where he uh, got the match signed. Correct, correct. That did. So, no, I know exactly where you're coming so, from. So, yeah, man, I'm telling you this. He deserves the spot. And, and it, you know, mm-hmm. here's the beautiful thing about AEW. They're not forcing every star on screen, and every star has a chance to shine while other stars take breaks and breathe, and it works perfectly. Here, Here's the thing about AEW right now that is kind of getting a bit of press and a bit of a, a bit of a, I don't want to say a spotlight, but the kind of dichotomy on AEW is that all the good stuff you could say about them, they're great. I mean, the shows top to bottom have been fairly interesting. They're winning the, they're winning the quote unquote war. Um, Even going so far as to beat Raw and SmackDown last week. That's, it's like I've said before. It's hard. It's hard not to top a bar when the bar's on the ground. <laughs> but, but, uh, and we'll get into that later. But I just imag- I just envisioned with, Cesaro and Sheamus like on the floor asleep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, the thing is, like all the good stuff you can say about AEW, and they they have made a lot of really good stuff. But their women's division is really, really not panning out. Other than, you know, Britt Baker having a pretty fun heel turn. Whether it's injuries, whether it's, you know, their women, like their champions or their challengers even, being stuck overseas due to pandemic, out of their control, fine. But, like, you already, they're already having trouble booking of women's division. Um... more than one feud at a time, for one, because they just don't have the bodies for it, sadly. But they're missing out on on hot free agents, like you and I have talked about on the show before, and really having these kind of head-scratcher things where they really aren't even putting that much of a spotlight on the women. I mean, on AEW Tonight, on Dynamite Tonight, the only bit of uh, women's action was the Rebel match with Big Swole that was for all intents and purposes a comedy match that lasted all five a minutes. It's squash that. match. Not even quite a squash because Rebel got a good in a good amount of uh a good amount of uh offense. You right, you right, and it lasted more than three but, minutes. You right twice. But but the point is like that's all they could get. Like you you can roll out a a, a freaking debate which even though the debate was funny you can run out a dumbass segment like that debate and you can't get more than five minutes for your women. Especially if you're trying to build the division up because you need bodies in it. And then on the other hand, they can't book the singles division really out of a paper bag, and yet they're going to announce a tag team tournament? That, to me, was okay, a well major head-scratcher, and my only hope yeah, was... Well, well, like, well, like, okay, so they're going to announce a tag team tournament. Great, they're going to get more women into the division that they can build storylines off of and they're going to get more time on on Dynamite to kind of get some eyes on. Great, good, good. It's on YouTube? Like, it's only on YouTube? Going up against... I mean, essentially going up against the lead-up to Raw? That's not going to... That's What's that going to do? And on top of that, the best you can do is the the non-decent Funkadactyl? Teaming with that's, Nyla, yeah, that was weird. That's your that's your get. That's your and Tynera Conti, which okay, I mean, I I don't see anything necessarily wrong with her other than she's greener and shit. But half your division's already greener and shit. 
But Ariana Andrew, that's that's your get. <coughs> and the whole thing is just gonna is right now is just coming off as a I, I hate to say it, but a, a vanity project for Brandy Rhodes. Because the only person that's really getting any kind of a spotlight and push out of it is Brandy. Man. It's just this really like head scratching thing that I, I I love Kenny Omega as much as the next guy. You know, I great wrestler. I don't always enjoy the histrionics and the the complete over the top like gestures and crap that he puts into his sometimes. But can't disagree with the fact that he's a great wrestler. But great wrestler does not always equal great booker. And he's the one in charge of the women's division. And it's just not going anywhere. So maybe maybe it's time to change things up a little bit. You know what my hope is. I don't really see like I don't I don't really see why I, I don't mind the addition of Vicky Guerrero. I like Vicky, but I don't really understand pairing her with Nyla, who had no trouble talking. I don't really, you know, put her with somebody that might need her. Yeah, you couldn't. Have, you could have given her to someone, not to say Big Swole is a heel, but you could have given her to someone who's like a Big Swole who right. is on the verge of having that big push, but right. needs something to really go over, over, and the recognition of Vicky Guerrero as a as a legend in the game, just because of her role in history of wrestling, right. would have been amazing. Or but put her, um, put her with somebody that's green that needs help on the mic. Period. I don't know, man. It's or like I don't know. It's just it's it's strange to me that they can get so much right with the men's thing and then just continually miss the boat on the women's. And it's it's going to be a problem for them going forward because, like we said earlier, they're missing out on on free agents. They're uh, Kimberly the. Uh, the Deanna Perrazzo's of the world, the Mercedes Martinez's of the they world. They had Kylie Ray I mean, in their camp, signed her, and Kylie lost Ray. her. Everyone that I just mentioned, short of Kimberly, has been on AEW programming before. I mean, that's that's all talent that you could have had, and I'm I'm not going to say that I I'm going to argue with them, you know, wanting to develop their own in-house talent. That's fine, but. It's it's a problem when it's all like that. And as much as I love Chris Stantlander, she's green too. Not as green, but she still is green. Where's she been recently? She's hurt, right? She's got a knee injury. That's right. She got the She's out for probably an extended period. So they're um, just decimated, man. Penelope, I don't know. Penelope Ford, same way. And like you I hate saying this, but you your your reliance on your top stars are all these uh Joshi wrestlers. Which is fine, but you're really, 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 really just banking on the fact that everybody's going to latch on to the Rihos and the Yuka Sakazakis and the uh, Hikaru Shidas of the world, which to an extent they have, but you're betting the farm on that first. Yeah, hmm. I mean, I know the pandemic's not helping with those being overseas with Hikaru Shida, Jamie, uh, with, uh, not Shida, but uh, with. Uh, Bree Priestley Jamie Hader and B Priestley overseas as Shanna well. Over Shanna. there. Right? I mean, there's a lot of talent that's being held off by that, so that's not, not helping anybody. And Sakura is stuck because of COVID. Mm-hmm. It's it's not helping anybody, but the booking with what they have is still really suspect. So I 
it's it's strange to me that they can do so much right, but they really I think they need to get Kenny off of booking because it's just he hasn't made a correct step yet. So it's I don't know it's going to be something the Bears Bears watching going forward. So especially when you look over at WWE and at Impact, which are killing it with their women's well, divisions. I, I was just going to say that we definitely need to cover Impact because. They've been doing a lot of great stuff as of late, too. Like, getting me to pay attention to their programming a lot. Mm-hmm. A lot, a lot. And, you know, not I haven't re- watched, like, an Impact yet. Like, sat down and watched an actual episode. But I've watched highlights that they can, put up yeah. on their YouTube minutes after they happen. Right. You know, and uh, I'm like, wow, loving it and whatnot. But uh, if I was the AEW team, they've just brought somebody in and... That person, even if they only have a small role and it's just to help make it better, I think they should use Bischoff as an advisor for the women's division. Uh, I don't know, maybe. Not to say that he like has ever created a women's division to be amazing, but he has a legacy of knowledge in the wrestling game, and maybe he can look at the characters on the board and say, hey, this is how we spice it up. I don't know, man. I don't know, because you got to think, Yes, he has a legacy, but that legacy is still 30 years ago. He hasn't really done, other than his podcast, he hasn't done anything since that Ruthless Aggression era, or even before then, the late Attitude era. Yeah, he was hired by WWE recently, but he didn't do a damn thing for him. Like, he's even stated he did absolutely nothing for them. He was hired to just be a name drop, and they pretty much didn't utilize yeah, him for he was, any Yeah, he was hired to shut Fox up. He was hired to make the deal with Fox look better, and that was pretty much it. But I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure that I trust Bischoff to be the women, the women's division head because I, I I put Bischoff's creative right up around where I put Vince Russo's creative, which is not very high and a light. Um, it's kind of reaching into that '90s schlock. Which, <laughs> if you look at WWE, that's what they're trying to do too. But I'm trying not to think about that kind of bullshit. I don't think that everybody should do that. Don't focus on that, damn. Um, it. No, I'm trying to avoid that elephant for just a moment. Because when I go on to that, it's going to be a problem. Uh, And I do want to touch on a couple things with with AEW as well. Obviously, uh, we just finished up a really solid uh, title match with uh, Darby Allin. Should have just put him over. Like, honest to God, they should have put him over. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. And I made a comment on Cage Side uh, right before the show started, actually. That if you follow Darby Allen, and you can say all this about, you know, they should have put him over there. Why is he just there to lose? And why does he keep losing the big matches? And if you follow Darby Allen and his career at Evolve, which is really his highest profile um, standing prior to AEW, it's where he got most of his higher profile work, that was the same deal. Like, they would build up a story to him getting a title shot, and then he either gets screwed out of it or lose. And lose cleanly. Uh, he was always the one getting beaten up and almost making it, and just not getting no, or not getting anywhere. Uh, he was always over with the crowd. And the crowd ate him up, but he never got the trigger pulled on. And for the most part, it seemed like, man, what is Evolve doing? They're just squandering this Darby Allen guy. And hell, when he left for AEW, there was a thought of, well, I guess they, he just really wasn't getting his shot at. At Evolve, so he's going to go to, maybe AEW will finally get use out of him, and maybe they'll finally do the right thing with him. 
and they're doing the same thing. And it makes me wonder, you know, as as AEW being the place where everybody gets their creative say and they get to, you know, paint with their own their own art. Maybe that's just what Darby wants. Maybe he doesn't want the pressure of having a title on him, man. And maybe he just wants to be that diehard, lovable loser, Tommy Dreamer type guy. Maybe this is all Darby's plan. And in, you know, five or six years from now, he can finally, quote unquote, win the big one. And that's like a moment, a real moment, a proper. Have you seen the guy wrestle? Hopefully five years from now, he's not in a wheelchair. Correct, correct. You are right. You are right. He doesn't really have any regards right. for his body and does some really crazy, dangerous no, stuff. No, he don't. It's 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 really not a gimmick. He really does dumb shit. Like he is a human crash test dummy in every sense of the word. Those, a couple of those dives tonight. If Moxley is not in the position that he is in, or Moxley doesn't get in the position that he needs to get in, like the that low pay through the bottom rope, Darby's landing on his fucking Done. head, like straight up on his dome. Toast. Uh, yeah, and I, I, he's even gone on record as saying he doesn't mind getting hurt. Like, dude, you're kind of depressing me here just a little bit. You need to have some kind of respect for your own body. That's, but who knows? Maybe that's, you know, dude wants to be who he wants to be. Well, and I mean, and he, he has that kind of no fear regard. And, you know, maybe he's one of those people that just has a really crazy high pain tolerance and he just wants to live a little, you know, and feel. Here's the thing, and I can respect that. And you can look at a guy like Moxley, who's could probably say the same thing about truthfully, him. yes. And you know, maybe he just wants to throw himself into dangerous situations and hope you know, hope he can weather it and come out all right. And I don't mind a couple scars. Here's the thing: Darby looks like he's about ninety-eight pounds soaking wet, and he's made of tubes. <laughs> Like, I like Darby. Don't get me wrong. I say this with all due respect. I like watching the guy wrestle. I think he's a great personality. He's a great tweener face. But that's a that's a luxury you can have wrestling like that when you're a guy that's built like Moxley is. Or you're a guy that's built like maybe RVD is in his heyday. Or even a guy maybe like Kidman, Billy Kidman, who used to take some dumb bumps. There you go. But... It looks like you could f- fold Darby up and fit him in Kidman's back pocket. Like, it's one thing to be taking crazy-ass bumps when you've got 250 pounds of body mass that can take it. Darby looks like sometimes, maybe it's maybe it's the skinny jeans, I don't know. <laughs> but he looks for all the world like, those bumps look worse because he looks like he's going to die. <laughs> Fucking skinny jeans Jones over here. Ugh. I don't know, man. Um, the debate tonight was fun. Uh, it's the first time I've actually seen Orange Cassidy cut a promo, to my knowledge. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, and enjoyable. Jericho can sell water, you know, can sell water in the ocean. We know that. So, I mean, I'm looking forward to next week. Uh, I dig uh, the MJF angle. Love it. Um, I, I don't. I don't know where they're going to end up going with it, but I can dig it. Are they doing all out on a dynamite like they've been doing pay per views? I doubt it. No, I think it'll be like uh, like double or nothing was. I think it'll actually be a pay per view. Cool. Um, I did mention that you know I, I think I put up on either Twitter or may have been on a comments page that what's the way you're going to get MJF even more universally hated? Eh, let's make him a politician. <laughs> well, and then top <laughs> that, it off, if they actually have him beat Mox, yeah. 
He'll have so um, much, like uh, insane right. levels of heat. Right. Um. Yeah, but AEW's been fun the last couple of weeks. Uh, NXT's been humming right along. Hold on, before we get um, to NXT. What's that? We forgot about a very large debut. Uh, Matt Cardona, that's right. Matt Cardona debuted last week. He, he I, made his first I'm, appearance last week on Dynamite of, and then made his I'm, debut in the ring this week. I'm, I, I'm kind of of two minds. Guy looks like a million bucks. I got no issue with him. Great personality. He can go. He's not, he's honestly not very off from what Cody is. Good storyteller, but he's not going to be a world beater in the ring for the most part. But I, I got to say, I'm a little biased. I really didn't like the fact that his debut came at the end of the War Horse match. Yeah, because like, it kind of like overshadowed War Horse's yeah. moment. Well, for one, I hated War Horse tapping. I, I hated that. I hate watching War Horse tap. But then he, he taps... He uh, gets jumped by the Dark Order, tries to fight back, and then just kind of rolls out of the ring and just disappears. I would have loved to have seen him, you know, get a little pound of flesh out of the Dark Order, maybe before he gets beaten down and just taken out, but leave it at that. It just felt like it, it, felt like it took away from it a little bit, but I, again, I'm also incredibly biased, so. No, I vibe that, yeah. Um, we also got a hit on the fact that Eddie Kingston got his debut and then signing. Yes. In what was a fantastic moment. And uh, caught a lot of people off guard, actually. Great match versus Cody. Great promo leading into it, for one. And then a great promo after it uh, that you sent me. Both, yeah. And a hell of a signing. That's a signing that absolutely... I I can want War Horse to get signed, and I hope they do, and I, I think they will maybe in the future, but... That's one that needed to happen. They needed to sign Eddie Kingston. Somebody needed to sign Eddie Kingston, and it sure as hell wasn't going to be WWE. Yeah. Uh, do you think that, that we might actually get a reunion of New LAX? You know, honestly, I uh, I kind of thought they were going to do that tonight. With uh, When LAX got beat, prior to them destroying the, the minivan, which was funny in, funny in its own right. Proud but, and powerful, proud and powerful. Let's not get but, gimmick uh, infringement. Trying. I thought that's what they were going to do. I thought they were going to show them, you know, with uh, maybe the inner circles just not getting it done for them. And then here comes the guy that's got history with them. So, I mean, I could see that, but we'll see. We'll see. I know there was some fun stuff with uh, with uh, on, an, on an interview with him and MJF. Ooh, really? He basically told MJF, I think, I I can't remember who it was he was interviewing with. may have been Barasa, may have been Van Vliet. He just ends the interview with, hey, hey MGF, MJF, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, AEW's been a lot of fun. It always is. I mean, there rarely do you turn in on AEW and see a bad program. They're just trying to figure out how to stroke mm-hmm. that 50-plus, man, to get the entire demographic to be 100% <laughs> theirs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, again, NXT's killing it, too. Um, I'm digging the uh, Keith Lee relinquishes the North American titles. So they have triple threats, and they actually seem to be building up new characters. Uh, and they built up uh, Bronson Reed as a winner. Uh, Dexter Loomis was a winner until he got... Had to walk injured. out of the match. What's that? He got injured. He got injured, yeah. But, I mean, the fact that they put him over in the spot to begin with is saying something. 
Also, question um, is the is the FTR injury kayfabe? Is that is that story? I'm not sure. I, I would need to take another look at it yet. I don't know. Okay. Uh, I honestly couldn't tell you. I missed it on screen when it happened, so I'd have to go back and look at it. Um, the uh, big thing out of NXT, I will say tonight, was they uh, over the last two weeks since the show hit last time, we had uh, a bit of a work or shoot dilemma between him and Pat McAfee with, or between Adam Cole and Pat McAfee, with uh, Cole going on the show on, on McAfee's podcast and having this expletive living lit tirade against uh pat uh you were the first to show it to me and asked me if i thought like, holy shit and from the word go work it was always a work it was 100 percent never not gonna be at work i guess that when okay so for me the line was blurred with the language and the aggressiveness because I felt like, and this is just my opinion, that WWE and NXT are a brand and that you don't want to sour your brand. And somebody using really foul language, right, could be looked at as, like, not beholden to what the company, shareholders, and all that shit want. So, first look, I thought if it's it's scripted or work, they're going to limit what kind of language he uses. And he's motherfucker and gotten Pat McAfee's face and pushed his assistant or guy who was on the podcast or whatever the fuck that guy's role is, like really like fucking laid into him and whatnot. And like what? Like it got eyes on the product though. It a hundred percent didn't. It's the it's the highest viewed thing on Pat McAfee's YouTube. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing, and what, something we're not really going to touch on a whole lot because I don't. I'm not a businessman by any stretch, and I don't know ratings that well. But the uh, WWE uh, conference call with their investors uh, came out over the last couple of weeks. And I mean, it's, it's been brought up, you know, they're losing ratings and the investors are not necessarily happy about it. And, you know, there is questions events on how are you doing things and why are you doing things the way you are and what's happening with building new stars and is COVID really that big of an issue for you and all this crap. But when it comes down to it, when they look at NXT they're in good shape. Don't mess with it. They like it. You know, uh, the only thing they really got asked about NXT is, hey, is it really a third brand or is it developmental? And there's not really an answer to it from them. But I think, honestly, the stuff like the McAfee show and maybe it's a little more uh, colorful than what they usually like to air, but they're going to give NXT the benefit of a doubt. They're just going to leave it alone and let it do what it does. You know what I mean? It's like, not that's, broken. That's you don't got to fix it. Yeah, it's kind the, of the it's kind of the least problem they have. Like takeovers have consistently. Mm-hmm. We're about to have like the thirtieth takeover or something, right? Yep, it is thirty coming up. Consistently, all twenty nine previous takeovers have consistently been amazing banger match mm-hmm. after match after well, I mean, match after match. Literally, I can't let me tell you about the match quality. I cannot the think is, of yeah. a time in this podcast's history. That I have not been pro what NXT can do. But I will tell you really quickly, the one thing that I have always said is, they're fucking week to week I could give a shit about. I just want their takeovers. Uh, I don't know. I like the week to week. Well, the week to week has gotten a ton better. I'm not saying it's bad now. I'm just saying... 
I, initially yeah. when it was Sasha and Bailey and 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 all those guys coming up, and you know you had the I'm, revival I'm not over there. Lie, and, I, I I was on I was in on NXT when it was still a Hulu show. Like I I remember watching the original episodes of NXT with not the game show version, but the Seth Rollins as champion. Uh, into into uh, Big E as champion, into Bo Dallas, into Sami Zayn. I watched all that shit. I see. Loved I it. think that when Bo got the title was it. when I first started really watching NXT. Like, no, I, I enjoyed all the week to week stuff. Even even when it was still, you know, just the twinkle in Hunter's eye, kind of. Um, I enjoyed the shit out of it. I like seeing the new guys come up. I like seeing. Okay, what's the new gimmick, or who who am I hearing is doing something in the performance center that maybe they're going to roll out a little bit, and who are they trying out? I love watching that week to week shit, man. I loved it. I used to love getting the uh, looking at the spoilers of the the weekly tapings and stuff. Just getting hyped for what was to come. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of what affected me too is that it was ta- it was taped and you knew kind of what was coming out, so mm-hmm. you could see like, oh, this is what they're building towards. But I would just, as soon as they told me what the, the feud was, I would just be like, I can't wait for the takeover because that's where the payoff is going to be and they're going to bring their absolute A game. And they always have. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. I think NXT, you know, you said it. They ask, is it a third brand? Is it developmental? The reason they will not answer that question is because the minute they call it a third brand, it's going to get shopped around. It's, well, here's it's, the thing. Is they it's want all going to be change. a third brand. Like it is still developmental in in its own sense, but no, they want they want to call it a third brand because that's what USA is paying for. That's true too. USA is not paying for a developmental show. USA wants that third brand. Like they they need to make that they need to. Okay, they're not going to advertise a developmental brand against AEW. They need to develop. They need to announce and and hype a third brand against AEW. They wouldn't have had the Survivor Series shit. If they were still developmental, they want people to consider it a third brand. Whether or not it is, they want it to be considered that. I um, uh, I just sent you something that's gonna totally fucking throw you off track, because uh, someone just sent me it, and I just my stupid phone blipped, and I noticed it, and I didn't mean to do that <laughs> on the show, but uh, it's a don't fuckle with shuffle. <laughs> I like it. I'll throw that out there. Oh, um, that's good. But really, and I'm kind of glad that we mentioned, I got to mention the ratings and stuff, because NXT's been great. The uh, the McAfee stuff's fun. They actually had McAfee on the show and tonight, and they had a heel turn of sorts where McAfee straight up punted Adam Cole in the head, which I guess is your de facto face turn for the Undisputed Era. Okay, love it. Um, but NXT being good is, is nothing unusual. Well, I tell you now, though, that it's more clear why they took the belt off Cole. They planned, they wanted to plan to run this program with Pat, um, which I don't. Is is this going to end up with him actually in the ring? Oh, I think so. Now that it's gotten physical, I absolutely think so. Okay, you got to remember, Pat McAfee actually went out and bought a fucking ring and had somebody train him years ago. He's had a ring in his house for years. Yeah, he hyped that on the podcast, and then Cole yeah, ripped like, the fucking trash. I'm a big great. McAfee fan. I, I'm a big Bob and Tom listener, and I used to love him coming on and joking around with him, so I've been a fan of his for a long time. Um, But with, with NXT and, and everything that's going on with it, it's been great. 
conversely, everything going on in Raw and SmackDown has been awful. We've talked about it week to week of the doldrums of watching those two shows and how bad they've been and how bad the ratings have been. And they have that meeting and that conference call to talk about how bad things are getting, despite the fact that they're money making money hand over fucking fist and will continue to do so for the foreseeable future. But ratings have been... I think I want to say the raw. Whether well, I don't have a, a figure in front of me, but raw recently was about as bad as it's ever been ratings wise. It posted and, its lowest rating, yeah, yeah. And this week, and I know we've been kind of teasing getting to it this whole episode. And oh really, my god, you're gonna it's you're, been, we're it's gonna been debut the faction right now. We're debuting What's the that? faction right now. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> anyways, we don't know. Well, anyway, we don't know. Do something anything. else. Let's do something totally. What yeah. what faction? Let's, Raw, as of Monday morning, this past Monday morning, and this has been the elephant in the room the whole show. I've been not talking about it, and and really everybody who's watched wrestling in the last week, it's the elephant in the room for anything wrestling related is what this past Monday night's Raw was. And I say that what it was because we don't know what the fuck it was. No yeah, one knows what, what the was hell it. Happened. What exactly was Raw even? So. The first, and I want to take you through a, a timeline of the day, really. Raw, or Monday starts out, it's Raw tonight. Okay, whatever. Nothing really of note. Uh, maybe a, a match between Bailey and something, who knows. We don't really have anything built up. We don't really care that much because, yeah, all the only thing we have to care about on Raw is uh, Drew and Randy and maybe the uh, Seth and Dominic feud, possibly. And then you have the, the golden role models winning all the gold, which is a story in its own right. Good for them. But you're not exactly hyped to go back and watch Raw because of it. So a little bit later on in the day, there's news that backstage, when they're getting ready to tape Raw for the night and for the next couple of weeks, really, is a bit more chaotic than usual. And I say that in the, fa- the sense that it's usually chaotic because nobody knows what's going on. But now it's tense and chaotic. And Vince is apparently in a quote-unquote volatile mood because no one knows what's supposed to be taped. No one is really sure what stories are being told. The script is up in the air. We don't know what's going on. And you start to perk up a little bit. Okay, maybe this is going to be a shit show. I like shit shows. I like watching train wrecks. Okay. Then you get word from guys like Meltzer, Justin Barrasso from Sports Illustrated, Brian Alvarez. Yeah, it is weird backstage. I don't know what's going on, but I'm hearing lots of things about it being very chaotic. Vince is apparently pissed off. And then we get a headline. Shane's back tonight. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Train wrecks intensifying. Well, there's a rumor going around now that there's supposed to be a faction debuting tonight. Okay, we'll see where this goes. WWE puts it up on their on their website. We have a new faction debuting tonight. You know, indirectly spoiling, their, or really not even indirectly, but directly spoiling their own programming for the night. And then you get to Raw, and it's like, okay, we're kind of, not necessarily excited, but we're curious. I'd like to see what's going to happen, because... This could be a, a funny. This could be hilarious, or it could be great. We don't know. That's the first time I've been excited to watch Raw in a while. And from the word go, it's off the rails. Uh, the first match of the night, 
wasn't bad. Apollo Crews and, and MVP, not bad. But we've got flickering lights and, and microphones going in and out, which, oh, man, we we're having technical difficulties. Spoiler alert, the show's taped and we know it. Your, your flickering lights and your technical difficulties, we know it's bullshit. You can't convince us that it's not bullshit when we know the show's not live and you could have edited the shit out. It's, let's insult our intelligence right as soon as the show starts. Oh. So we have this dumbass, you know, technical issues all night long. Then we get this terrible Nia Jax segment where she bullies people and she calls somebody a ginger and it's dumb and Nia Jax is terrible at everything she does. And she headbutts the guy and leaves makeup all over him and it's just a mess. And then right about maybe the 9 o'clock, 9.30 minute mark, somewhere in there, after, you know, an Akira Tozawa thing with ninjas and possibly more low-key racism, um, we cut to Shane McMahon in what looks to be like a, either a warehouse or a back room somewhere with a ring with no ropes, smoke machine everywhere, people around the ring, and random fighting going on. And a teaser that says... It's time for Raw Underground. I legitimately, I swear to you God, I spit my drink out. I laughed so hard. <laughs> like, I seriously, flat out spit take, just bah, just laugh. I scared the dog. <laughs> I swear to God. I immediately texted you, watch Raw now, because you have to see what's happening. This is the dumbest thing. And then they cut away from it. That was it. A little bit later on, after we have a weird thing, uh, we have more weird shit on Raw and more weird, you know, technical issues, including a box that got knocked over and earlier in the day, and we're Charlie Caruso's reporting on this box that still hasn't been picked up. Oh, God. <clears throat> and then we have more Shane. And now there's, I guess, strippers. Or scantily clad women dancing around like it's 1998 to some really bad music. And they're debuting Babatunde, or whatever the hell his name is now, uh, from Evolve and from NXT, beating some up, some jobber up in this really sloppy, like, okay, there's a ref technically, but we're just throwing people into the ring so people can get their asses kicked. This isn't so much, you know, it's it's fight club in a ring. It's Def Jam Fight for New York. It's the Kumite. Who the fuck knows what this is? Shane somehow knows what it is, but we don't fucking know. Um, did you watch Eric Raw Underground? I did. What the fuck? I watched is the whole it damn even? show. It's they're sucking Eric from the Viking Raiders into it, and Dolph is now involved in it. But here's the thing: it was it was. It wasn't really a so bad it's good. It was it was throwing shit at a wall and hoping that something sticks. It's Vince asking, what are the kids like these days? They like the fight club still? It's <laughs> how can we update Brawl for All? Ooh. It's it's okay. I I've, I've been having trouble wrapping my head around it for the last couple of days because it was so mind-bogglingly dumb 
and presented as dumb. It was kind of neat when when uh, the uh, Hurt Business stood tall at the end, although we never did get the faction debut. <laughs> Which I'll get to that in a second. But it was... You could see what they wanted to do, but at the same time, what they missed. They wanted to have... I mean, obviously, they've watched Josh Barnett's Bloodsport. Or I guess you could even say Matt Riddle's Bloodsport was the original show, which I've talked about on this show. It's the indie show where they had no ring or ring ropes. They had tap out or knock out only. They had, you know, relaxed rules. But they missed the idea where it was, you know, actual set matches. It was, you know, actually build fights and not just random guys being thrown in the ring to kick each other's asses and leave. Party it like a rock star, club. kick a little ass. Like... It wasn't the blood sport matches. Those were pancreas. They were the lion's den. They were pit fighting, but they were still work shoot matches. They were, they had flow to them. They had a, a reason to be there. They were treated seriously with a little monicum of respect. It was martial arts matches. It's billed as a martial arts spectacle. This is. Def Jam fight for New York. This is a mess. This is terrible camera angles. And this is Kevin Dunn at his worst, for one thing. Ooh, Kevin Dunn is his absolute fucking nausea-inducing quick cuts and zooms worst. Like, there's parts of that, uh, especially the Ziggler bit, that's hard to watch because you can't fucking understand what's going on in the ring, period. Is this on Hulu? Uh, it should be on YouTube. Okay, I, I need guarantee to see this clips some of it and see what the fuck even happened. It's it's a mess, man. It really is. And to me, and really there's been a rumor going around the last couple of days that, or ever since then really, that WWE's trying to get back to this 90s vibe, this, you know, uns, uh, this raw and edgier 90s vibe, the Attitude Era vibe, which, I mean... Glad to see they're trying to get back to the roots, maybe. But guess what? It didn't work now. It's not what may have been. I, people wore trip pants and big-ass fucking Hot Topic jeans in the fucking 90s. They're not as cool now. Let me also just say, go back and watch a lot of those old Raws and stuff. The shit they were doing is not cool now. People would not be thrilled to see their stars. Let's not forget. Let's not forget what the '90s in WWE was. Everybody likes to talk about the Attitude Era and gloss over it because of The Rock and and because of Austin and because of DX and how cool some of the shit was. They also had you know choppy choppy or PP. They also had the Braun panties matches. They had Trish Stratus barking like a dog. They had the Kennel from Hell match. They have you know big shows. Dad's grave getting desecrated because comatose Linda McMahon watching her husband fuck another woman. It's Katie Vick. It's Mae Young giving birth to a hand. It's fucking draws. It's you know. There's a lot of shit. Let's brush Owen Hart's death under the rug. Oh, did I Mm -hmm. say that aloud? Yeah. It's uh, DX and blackface. Oh yeah! Shout out to you, X Pac, Mark Henry. There's a lot of shit from the 90s that we don't need to revisit. The edgy shit was maybe cool when you're 12 and you're angsty, rebellious, but it's kind of cringy now. There's a way to be modern edgy, but they're not going to tap into it. Not unless they hire people who are, have their, like, 
Honestly, Buckles, they need to hire people like you and me who have their kind of finger in the real world a little bit, who also watch <laughs> AEW and kind of understand what that's about gonna, and can far, go, far okay, be it, what's up? Far be it for me to say that I have my finger in the real world. Reality and I am not on speaking terms, my friend. <laughs> well, that's fine. But all I'm saying is if we had the books and the opportunities, I feel like we could make yeah. Raw something really edgy and special we definitely and different. Could. We definitely could. And fun, um, and, and I, I feel I like I'm setting you up very nicely here. You are, you are, but unfortunately, I get there's something else I got to touch on with this. Shit, We're not quite done, oh, We're not done it yet. Up. I went too soon. Nah, you're good. We're just there's something else I I I feel obligated to touch on, and we brought it up earlier. Was this? Well, one final thing about the fight pit and everything being edgy and shit. Honestly, watching it, there's two distinct impressions I felt. One, watching the the announcement of the of the underground and laughing at it and shit is one thing and watching okay this is going to be dumb as shit this is going to be ridiculous and funny but when they cut to the dancing girls and the neon and the and very stripper-esque that's bad that's oh yeah that is flying completely in the face of your women's evolution that's a bad thing to have that is not a good not something you want to be attached to right now and that seems like all the world like a Vince thing and I'm also going to throw that putting Shane in charge of this is not where you want to be. Shane's not cool, hip, and, if, and with it and everything. And he's not the, you know, cool, angsty, you know, 20-year-old that he was in the 90s. The dude is almost 50. Or he is 50. He's Correct. the sort of cool dad wearing, uh, you know, the $5,000 shoes or whatever shit. And his last run, no one wanted to see him anymore. We got best in the world for three and a half months, or however fucking long it was. Which did not lead to a CM Punk feud, no, you fucking cunts. it didn't lead to anything. It didn't lead to anything at all. It led me to my fridge to get food because I was bored. Yeah. But, so all, all the fight pit aside, they mentioned this new faction that was going to debut. And did you see anything of this? Anything no, I didn't see this fucking thing. Okay. Drama fucking never so, happened. Bullshit. I. I that's kind of good because I want to get your opinion on it. And you, they had the flickering lights and in and out and shit. And they, there's some hint that Montez Ford being poisoned in a match, which we didn't even touch on, uh, being poisoned or drugged in a match was somehow connected to this new faction that is maybe upsetting Raw and causing chaos. But at one point, we cut to a shot outside that's supposedly captured on security cam of a generator outdoors. Looks like a giant Marshall stack amp, really. Sweet. And outrun outrun five people. We don't know guys, girls, because they're in all black with ski masks and, you know, hoods and everything on. All black. Everything. And... They're throwing, lighting and throwing Molotov cocktails at this generator and causing chaos, celebrating, and then running away. You know... Is Vince taking pot shots at the Antifa? You hit it right on the head. Or like, uh, I mean, let me me, me, me rephrase that because I don't want to be propagating. You actually hit exactly what I was about to say. Okay, I just don't want to propagate bullshit, though, because Antifa is not a real organization. It's a movement of people who are anti-fascists, and that should just be common practice. Anyways, I digress. Continue. Right. It's, It's 
on the one hand, you got people saying, oh, it shocked the system. It's definitely, you know, undisputed era. Well, for one thing, there's five of them. One of them sounds like it might be a woman. So hopefully not undisputed era because I don't want them attached to that bullshit. Undisputed but, era plus Candace LeRae. Uh, no. There's, I've got a theory on someone who might, or a couple people who might be in this faction, and I can get to it really split second, but I, I'm hoping not because I really like one of the guys that I think might be tied into it. Um, the idea of having a, a crazy, you know, chaos-driven faction, that's fine when it was Sanity. You could have done that, you know, six, seven months ago, a year ago. Had Eric Young actually be utilized yeah. accurately, properly, right. and been pushed right. well. Right. Or, you know, they have had them do literally anything. But the way the video was shot, what they're wearing, what they're doing with the Molotovs, it really, really looked like somebody was trying to parody or capture the vibe of, like, a Portland protest or the Antifa thing. And... If that is legitimately the case of what they were trying to do, on the one hand, that's incredibly poor taste. I mean, just on its face, it's just terribly poor taste. Horrible. Uh, and a bad decision anyway you slice it, because if that's legitimately what they're trying to do, then that's not going to get over. That's going to piss people off, and not in a good way. If there's people who actually, you know want change in the world around them that are watching your programming and you're insulting them or making them out to be bad guys, it's probably not going to go over well for you. Be careful. The performance center will be next. Yeah. Or let's say it's intentional that it's made as an Antifa thing and it's Vince's politics coming into play. That's worse. Oh, even worse. Ten times worse. I'm really crossing my fingers and hoping that this is not the case, that this is not what we're getting at. Supposedly today there was actually a uh, a name dropped for this new faction. Uh, oh. The new faction is called Retribution, in all caps. It's not leading me down the road I want to lead me down. <laughs> it's not a good thing, and I... I I don't know where this is going, but I don't envision it ending well. Train wreck tribution. Yeah. And the sad thing is, again, if you want to mention two people that might be in it, let's say it's not Undisputed Era. Who are a couple people that we haven't seen on NXT that might be in role for a call-up? Hmm. Dijakovic just got, could have just been written off of TV. True. Uh, Chelsea Green was pulled off TV. Okay. There was a woman's voice, so. I'm really hoping that's not the case because I want better for Dijakovic, but... Totally. I don't know, man. I don't know. Um, but yeah, Raw has been... Raw's been the drizzling shits for a little while, and now they're That trying... might be the worst term in the history of humans, by that's the an way. Austin, that's an Austin <laughs> term. That is an Austin term. It's... And I'll even, I'll even go you one better. It's drizzling shits like hailstorm on a farm pond. <laughs> it's bad. Ew. Um, but at least they're trying, maybe they're attempting to do something new and different. So give them credit for that, even though it's, it's not going to probably end well to quote one Tony Stark as an Acme dynamite kit. (laughs) Ooh, it's going to blow up in their face, but at least they're trying. And 
with this idea of trying to fix Raw and trying to fix the ratings and trying to present something new and different, I got myself a brainwave. And I finally, after the, my, for the first time in a little while, I actually had a concept for a You Got the Book segment. Hey, welcome back to the land of the living, my friend. And I, I purposely kept you in the dark on this as well because I wanted you to be surprised by this as well. Sure, I but can't wait to hear this. I've been I've, all I've day. been racking my brain trying to come up with the uh, you got the book thing for a little while now, and I keep having trouble, you know, lining up the past and lining up, you know, the right people at the right place and time. And now I thought, you know what? Let's try something with the present. Let's not rebook the past. Let's fix the future. Let's fix raw. So you're going to not are we gonna get something you are going to try to actually book What I'm going to do, what I'm going to do is present Raw and SmackDown, because the other rumor that's going around right now is that they're looking at doing another draft or a shakeup, because those have gone so well for them in the last couple times. But there's a rumor of a shakeup coming up soon, another shifting of the rosters. And it reminded me that there was something I wish they would have done when they first announced the brand split. So now is another chance for them to do it. Now is them a chance, it's a chance for them to shake up Raw and SmackDown in a way that they haven't in the past, and more so than just shifting the rosters around. Let's fundamentally change what Raw and SmackDown are individually sure. as shows. So what I've decided, if I've got control of this, I'm booking the way that we're doing this. We're scrapping Raw. We're scrapping SmackDown. We'll have both shows name the same things. We're changing what titles are on what shows. And we're going to change what those titles mean. <clears throat> yes, yes. So, yes, yes. Monday Night Raw. This. We're Take the roster completely out. We're not drafting single, raw, <coughs> single superstars to either brand. Raw gets the heavyweight title, the, the WWE Championship. Raw gets the Intercontinental Championship. Raw gets the Cruiserweight Championship. That's it. Love it. SmackDown gets the Tag Team Championships. Raw or SmackDown gets the Women's Championship. SmackDown gets the Women's Tag Team Championships. Oh my god, I That's love it. this already. I know what you're setting That's up. Please it. Please continue. So, you have two completely distinct entities on each show. On Raw, you have your men's singles competitions. Who is the top have, of the crop? No, not, I'm not even treating it like that. Because the thing is, when they split the brands, as they did, they split the uh, the brands completely in half. The Universal and the heavyweight, the Universal and the WWE title are supposed to be equals. The Intercontinental and the uh, U.S. U.S. title are supposed to be equals. You have a tag team title on each. You have a women's title on each. They're carbon copies. There's nothing different. There's no reason to watch Raw or Raw and SmackDown both because it's the same things with different people. That's it. Give each show its own distinct identity. SmackDown is where you go to watch great tag team wrestling. SmackDown is where you go to watch great women's wrestling. Because it's all there. You have all the tag teams vying for one set of belts. You don't have two teams or three teams fighting over one belt over and over for months on end. Think about your tag team division now. If it's all in SmackDown, you have the New Day, you have the Usos, you have, um, you have the Sheamus and Shinsuke Nakamura. Just using the people that are on the show now. Uh, Authors of Pain. You have uh, Street Profits. You have the Viking Raiders. 
you have Garza and Andrade if they're still a team. Oh my God! It seems like you a whole Ms. division. Morrison. Yeah, it's an incomplete division. Not unlike AEW is doing with their multitude of tag teams. Hell, maybe if you did this, FTR wouldn't have left. Oh. You could have the Hardys still as a tag team. The same with the women's division. You don't have four or five women endlessly circling on one feud because you can't book anything other than the title feud. You don't have the horsewomen versus the world because they're the only people that matter on the show. You have Sasha, Bailey, Alexa, Becky when she's there, Charlotte. Nikki Cross. All of them. Nikki Cross, Carmella. Bianca. You have Bianca. You have Nia Jax for whatever purpose. You have Asuka. You have Shayna. Look at all the stuff you can do with that alone. Killing it. Plus the women's tag titles. You can actually have a competent tag title division because you have enough women to do it with. Hell, you, you can call up more women because you have more time to fill there. You know what you could do, too, just for fun? I mean, I'm, you obviously got the books, and I can't wait to hear like some of your other your other. I've got more. Ideas. There's more to this, too. Yeah. but There's, We haven't even touched on Raw yet. Well, one thing I think that could be interesting is with your Raw is you can have it be mostly – you know, the men's singles competition and going for those belts. But you could also have, like, one match a week that is a ladies' match that is maybe a number one contender's match that isn't for a title. See, I, I wouldn't even do it. I would keep them completely separate. Okay, Because the okay. more crossover you have between them, the less reason you have to watch both shows. Sure, okay. If you want to go watch – that's because you got to think that uh, Fox and USA – they want to make sure that they're getting people drawn to their programming. That's okay. why they have a heavyweight title on both on both shows now, because both shows want to have the top guy, even though there is no the top guy. But what they can say, Fox can say, hey, if you want great tag team wrestling, we're the night to come watch it. And don't tell me that great tag team wrestling can't draw, because that's what AEW is predicated upon. Boom. Next week's Tag Team Appreciation Week. Fucking it draws. Hey, it is. There was a ton of tag it team draws. wrestling this week. Yep. Women's wrestling, if you are, don't tell me that women's wrestling is not a draw, that your women's evolution is not a draw, because that's what they're trying to tell you realistically right now. You want to you want to tell me it's a draw? You want to say it's the forefront? Put your money where your mouth is. Make it a main event program every week. <clears throat> so you have that on SmackDown. You have And you have that drawing power to the show. You have Fox happy because, hey, we have something unique here. Bring it. So what do you have on Raw? You keep Raw at three hours. This is where you're changing the belts up just a little bit. And I actually took a little inspiration from uh, New Japan. I want to take the cruiserweight belt, and we're going to change it up just a little bit. still a cruiserweight belt, but instead of 205, it's 220. We're going to up the weight limit just a little bit. Okay. 220 and under. And then you take your uh, WWE title. It's now the heavyweight title. 221 and over only and present them as both equally important to the show. And I say you can present them equally important. The reason you raise it up to 220, you raise that uh, the weight contingent up to 220, you get guys like Rollins. You get guys like AJ Styles, Daniel Bryan. You get guys like Finn Balor, like uh, Murphy and then, again. And then you, you have get, greatness like within the UFC where guys can float between weights. 
Yeah. Oh, right say, now hey, AJ's only really a, like... a cruiserweight, and he's going for the title. But he said he's going to put mm-hmm. on some weight if he doesn't win and go for the. He decided, he's guy. decided that you know he's had enough fighting against the Giants. He wants to drop weight and fight with people his weight class. Boom. Or maybe uh, maybe Rollins this week or whatever. He wants to go for the uh, for the two the two twenty title. He wants to be the cruiserweight champion. Have that main event shows. Don't treat anybody as less a star because they're going for that belt. Make them. You know, make them in that weight class and make that the main event every night. Or, you know, maybe Seth is—he's had his fill of the the two twenties. He want or the two twenty and lower. He wants to go for the heavyweight belt now. He's going to try his roll with the big boys. Can I just say I love if it was called the two twenty belt, like the mm-hmm. two twenty championship. That's awesome. I mean, you can call it the cruiserweight belt, but I just say make it a two o two twenty instead of two o five. Yeah. To encompass more people. <clears throat> and can then, we bring back the word lightweight instead? You can. You absolutely could. Because that's a little heritage to the OG here's WWE the other, days. Here's the other change. Here's the other change. You take the Intercontinental title. A, you make it open weight. Anybody can challenge for the Intercontinental title. Awesome. Two that caveats. makes it kind of in a different way more important than the other two. two ca- well, here's the two caveats. Whoever holds the Intercontinental title at any point can ch- can cash it in for a either cruiserweight or heavyweight title match at any time. That's awesome. We're getting rid of Money of the Bank, too, because the Intercontinental belt is going to be similar to the X Division in uh, Impact. I love it. Love it. Yes, yes, yes. And if you hold the Intercontinental belt, you defend it every week. Amazing. Making a TV title. So we're doing a little bit of of a historical disservice to the Intercontinental belt. I get that. Uh, we're changing what it means and what it is. Make it a TV title. Make it your workhorse title for you know somebody's going to work for it like a Cody. And make it a reward in its own right. If you're going to defend it every week and you're going to be that guy that's putting a show on their back to put on a title match every week, your reward is that you get to cha- you can if you want to cash it in, you can take either title. And if you present both titles as equal, it's a fifty fifty shot of which one you want to go for. I love it. Mm-hmm. So, and even if you bring up a faction like, say, an Undisputed mm-hmm. Era, you can have a four-man faction where, guess what? The tag team is on SmackDown. Adam Cole and uh, and Roddy, Roddy Strong are both on Raw, maybe. You can have them both come over across shows, but one can't wrestle on the other. Or if, if Cole and Roddy want to wrestle on SmackDown, they're going to wrestle as a tag team. Uh, or, like, you could just do, like, Maybe Raw and or SmackDown has one match a night that's interpromotional, or old, you know you could go See, back I, to the old pay per view thing where they had one interpromotional match. Could be. I mean, where I mean, you could if either have it as you can't really do well, an interpromotional match tag teams because you don't have any tag teams on Raw, but yeah. you could have, you know, tag but I'm saying teams like you can have into singles. You can have the matches. you can have a faction cross borders just by being on the show at all. You know, if you have Fish and O'Reilly competing as a tag team with Cole and Strong in their corner. They're not competing, but they're on the show. Love it. Or you can have Fish and O'Reilly come in, you know, corner for Cole in a match, a singles match. Adam Cole could be a great guy in the in that uh, cruiserweight division. You know, there's your there's your new standard bearer. Give him the cruiserweight title and let him hold it like it's a main title. And it would show how worthy it is, yep. Mm-hmm. Let a guy like Rollins float between weight classes, depending on which one. Or let really Rollins be the perfect guy to hold that intercontinental one. Yeah, 
and every person that I'm naming off, the AJs, the Daniel Bryans, the uh, the Shame, not Sheamus, but Cesaro's even, a lot of them are right in that 225 range, 220 to 225 build weight range. Yep. Yeah. Do you believe that Daniel Bryan and uh, Xavier Woods are both technically cruiserweights already? That's a little bit crazy to me that mm-hmm. Xavier is because I feel like he's beefier, That's but he's thing. such a small-built person. That's the thing is that it doesn't matter what the person's actually – what their weight's billed as. The cruiserweight division right now is booked as a gimmick. That's it. If they don't yep. think you're good enough to be on a main one, they'll, they'll just say you're under 205 and have you go. But the guys who are legitimately 205 or close to 205 or under – We'll put them with the main by main guys just because we're going to say they they weigh more because we're going to treat them like they're better. Do away with that shit. Make your cruiser weight your two twenty and under as important as your two twenty and over. And let the best show win. Let the best matches main event every night. I love it. So you have two completely distinct programs, each with their own draw. You have this weight division, and you have these great singles matches going on on Raw. You have the this, you know, uh, what's the inter, our Intercontinental Champion going to do tonight on Raw? You go over SmackDown, you're getting great tag team wrestling. You're and great you can have wrestling. your women's division be the star. Yep. And or make you can have them... your tag team division being the star. Well, Both you, of them. well, totally, totally. But, I mean, <clears throat> you know, you have, like, on your quote-unquote Raw – You've got the men's title of the world, the heavyweight championship or whatever, that's like the top dog. Well, then on SmackDown, obviously, the women's championship would be technically, you're technically speaking, your top dog. That's the top top singles champion on SmackDown would be your women's champion. Yeah. And that's awesome. Highlight, Mm -hmm. highlight, highlight. It highlights it properly. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then you could still do really cool stuff on both shows, mind you, with call-ups from NXT. Absolutely. And integrating them into the system as well. Absolutely. Ugh. The only the only thing is is that you have to you have to treat them all seriously. You have to treat them all like they matter, and that's consistently something the WWE refuses to do. And you can't back down off of the draft and go back into um, what's that? The wild card rule or whatever. Yeah, the the wild card bullshit or to the just, superstar to just shake essentially up. wash away no. the fact that you just had a, yeah. a brand split. Yeah, and really, and it doesn't matter what the brand split does because they're essentially the same show. You know what? Let me ask you this question because sure. with with me having just watched Ruthless Aggression documentary, mm-hmm. one thing that was talked about is the need for competition because WCW had been put out of business. TNA mm-hmm. obviously didn't wasn't viable and didn't have longevity to compete with WWE. They had their point. they had their moment in the sun and then they squandered over Dixie Carter. Yeah. So, well, but, you know, WWE had to create their own kind of competition and the the brand split and whatever was the mm-hmm. answer to that. Now you actually have lots of great wrestling that's not WWE. Don't, this is you solving that problem, and it's something I don't think they maybe have the balls to admit because the size of their they roster, won't. they, they won't. don't need to have two different shows. They had... I wanted them, to, like I said, I wanted them to do this back when they first announced the brand split, the 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 secondary brand split, or the most recent one. Yeah, I wanted them to do that then because it was a chance for both shows to be distinct. And this is prior to Fox buying any of it. But the fact that both shows are stylistically the same has always bothered me. 
Like, I mean, don't get me wrong, something like a Raw Underground trying to tonally shift something. Great, cool. But it doesn't change the fact that you still have a one-for-one on every title. You know, for every... You have the men's top title. You have a women's top title. You have a men's tag team. You have a women's tag team. You have a mid-card belt. The only thing different is that Raw has the 24-7 belt, which no one gives two shits about anyway. So, really, what's the difference? It's the same show with different people. It always has been. Ever since they did this brand split. And think about, if they'd have done this back in that era... I shouldn't even say that era, but when they did the uh, a couple years ago, when they first went back to the brand split, think about the tag teams they'd have still. God, again, you'd have the Hardys, you'd have FTR, you probably you might still have American Alpha, you might you might still have uh, Sanity. You know, you have hell. Maybe they call up DIY as a team. Amazing. You know, there's up. there's some fantasy booking and going back and changing the past. Think about uh, think about a uh, open weight or a, a cruiserweight title division that's treated seriously, where you get Ricochet at his best going against Rollins at his best, and not Rollins punching a weight class down. Think about you know Lashley and Lesnar fighting, which we all want. Everybody seems to want. But fighting, not just because it's they're the only two big guys left to fight, but because they're competing over the same title in the same division. You know, think about having somebody like AJ Styles be your Brock Lesnar of your cruiserweight division. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Maybe Absolutely they kept Neville. amazing because he's a wrestling stalwart. Yep. So you have to actually maybe you, be maybe a you great pull wrestling some, maybe technician. You, it would be, it, ugh. Maybe if you do something like that, Neville doesn't walk on you. You know, another wrestler lost to COVID, not to say um, he died from COVID, no, but just because yeah. we don't get no, to see him to... on TV because of coronavirus. But I mean, he left WWE because of bad creative. Yes, true. Uh, maybe in that tag division, you still have the Wyatt family or the Bludgeon Brothers, either one. Maybe Luke Harper never walks. You're letting these people who are good wrestlers are going. And maybe, just maybe, if you do that, you actually have the interest of the fans. You don't need to book shit like the Underground. I would say maybe you don't need to go to Saudi Arabia to make your blood money, but they're still going to do that anyway, so who cares? Are they still going to do that in Corona times? No, I just mean, like, there's no world where any positive ratings weren't going to stop them from going to Saudi Arabia and making thousands and millions more. Oh, I vibe that, I vibe that for sure. So it's just, it's one of those things where I wish they could have done it back then, and they're you know maybe they have a draft coming up. They've got another chance for them to you know screw up and not do it again. I don't know. I so, really love this idea of having it. I, dedicated. I told you, I knew you would. I knew you would. I mean, I love it. it. It's very, very like genuinely recreates the wheel in a way that needs. It refreshes the WWE because you do have so many talent. It needs to be, and you don't. You know what? My question is, I guess, would then because the way you're doing this, and because the opportunity you're giving your second show now to be different and have its own kind of stardom, do you then also make SmackDown a three-hour program? I wouldn't. You wouldn't. Honestly, that's that's that is that's, mind-boggling to me. 
I my wouldn't just because it, again it differentiates the show a little bit. Um, that's why I actually gave the Intercontinental title to Raw to have that open weight because it helps fill that third hour. Okay, I like that. I do like. I do um, quite like that. Yeah. Um, I like. I like the 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 perfectionist in me likes like symmetry i like having uh three major divisions and three titles and three hours on raw and two major divisions on smackdown for two hours perfect makes things easier yeah man, oh and, i would uh, love to see you actually listen to me i want this this is me begging and i hope that you already plan to do this <laughs> i and, okay if if we're listening to me if the gods of professional wrestling are listening to me don't ever, ever, ever let Kevin Dunn touch an editing board ever again. Please. <laughs> the last thing I need with my uh, underground pit fighting is motion sickness, and that's what we got. Uh, yeah. Bring uh, me the head of Kevin Dunn. That's your episode title. Bring me the head of Kevin Dunn. Okay. Bring me the head of <laughs> Kevin Dunn it is. Uh, so let me just say this. Uh, I really want to see you take this concept and I don't know how long or how deep but book it for X amount of time uh, and 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 report back to us I'll take a shot at it at Pure, least. you know because I I have the I have the invasion thing the angle that I'm playing with right. and what spews out of that and we're you know getting ready to do I if you if you guys tuned in last time the next time I have the books is going to be talking about Ric Flair having booked Road Wild. And taking away a WWE pay per view in the midst of the turbulent I'll invasion, I'll take a stab at it. May not be next week, but I'll take a stab at it. Well, I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not putting any pressure on you for to do it in any demanded amount of time. I just, at some point, would love to hear you report back on how you would actually start to structure and what you could do could with having or at least. It. I like could say uh, I could give you an idea of who I would put in each division or chasing each title at the very least. Sure. Yeah. All right, I'll see what I can put together. Man, I love it. Um, yeah, uh, I, but that's honestly that gives me a better taste. I like finishing on that rather than finishing on the whatever the hell Raw was with Antifa gimmicks and wrestlers being poisoned and Nia Jax segments that go nowhere and God help me, whatever the I, underground was. I'll break kayfabe a little bit right now and just tell you that. You said something earlier that was totally going to be the episode title, and my enlightened brain, when I went to text <laughs> it to you, by the time I got my phone out and pulled your little bubble up, I forgot it. <laughs> I'm my vote is for bring me the head of Kevin Dunn. I love bring me the head of Kevin Dunn. The one, <laughs> the other one had something to do with train wreck, but I couldn't remember it to text you. And then you said we were talking about like what was the new faction called? Retribution. Oh, uh, retribution. Yeah, train retribution. Um, but bring me the head of the Kevin. Bring me the head of Kevin Dunn is definitely going to be the game. The game winner <laughs> for this week's episode title because it's amazing. But is there anything else we want to talk about before we dive out of here this week? Uh, I will say if uh, if you have access to the IWTV app, uh, they've they've been running uh, small promotions and such for a little while, and they've been running best ofs and whatnot. But uh, they actually had the honest to god in the year twenty twenty, the return of Beyond Wrestling Live, or I should say, uh, not live broadcast, but uh, the return of Beyond programming live on TV and actually having independent wrestling. We were, I don't know if I don't know if it's a tease, I don't know if it's a mirage, but we got honest to god indie wrestling again. 
There was an indie show, there was a GCW show in Indy this past weekend too. What a lot of people don't know about Buckles is he's very secretly chasing us to get a Beyond Wrestling or IWTV sponsorship. I will shill for a uh, for IWTV until they recognize me. By God, I mean he he, no. he tweets them often <laughs> with our account. They often like and or retweet the thing that he tweets I, to them. I will I will know that I have truly made my mark on this podcasting world when either a we have some kind of recognition from IWTV or I single handedly get John Silver a push on AEW programming. The day that John Silver turns face on the uh, on the Dark Order. I will have known that I have made it. <laughs> Please tell me you've been watching BTE. I haven't honestly had much chance to, man. Bro, really, listen to me. He has become the breakout star you want him to be. He's so fucking comical. Like, he's so good. Is, man, I don't and want him been, to be comical. I want him to be the amazing... wrestler that he is. I want him to rebel against the, the Brody Lee and actually have good matches and be pushed as a singles, decent singles wrestler by God. Well, I knew they were going to lose tonight because BTE kind of spoiled it. Not that they spoiled yeah. the match result because it hadn't happened yet, but like um, Cardona wasn't losing in his first match. Come on. Well, yeah, but, well, that's one thing too. But the Bucks and and John Silver and Reynolds got into a conversation because uh, Silver and Reynolds were reading. Uh, I know, I know what happens. I, I've read the scripts and I've read the summaries of, the, of BT. I just don't get a chance to sit and watch the whole thing. Okay, well, for our audience who doesn't know, the the you know the Bucks are playing this Christian AF gimmick, which is hilarious and killing me. And the uh, Dark Order, Reynolds and Silver were like acting like they were reading a Bible. It wasn't really a Bible. And the Bucks told them because of them lying to them. The next match you're in is going to be a squash match. Now, technically, it wasn't a squash. It was a very good match right. they had on Dynamite this week. But I, yes, I was, was like, it's going to be funny because now they can continue. Like, well, it wasn't a squash, but you did lose. Like, we, we made you lose. Ha uh-huh. <laughs> ha. Uh, yeah. One day, one day, I'll have my day in the sun when John Silver gets a push, and I, I realize that I've affected the world in some way. Well, he liked your tweet about him getting a push, which was awesome. I, uh, I hope so. You hit home runs with getting people to recognize our shit, dude. I'm like, <laughs> sometimes I'm scrolling and like. I'm telling you, man, it's live tweeting raw is what makes raw easier to watch. There's a reason I live tweet raw and I don't live tweet AEW. It's because I'm actually watching AEW. You're actually enjoying it, yeah. No, it, it's just funny to me because like I'll. On Monday, not be really, you know, just be like doing my own thing, making dinner with family, hanging out, whatever. And then, like, I'll pick my phone up and there'll be like 85 notifications. And I'll be like, what the fuck is going yeah, we're almost on? Almost a second Buckles was tweeting about it. <laughs> X person liked a tweet. X person liked a tweet. X person retweeted. X person retweeted. Person A followed. I'm like, holy shit, man. He's been busy. He commented and replied on this. This fucking wrestler retweeted his fucking tweet. Dude, killing it. I'm telling you, hey, if you're, I've said it before on the show, and I'll say it again. If you're listening to the show, I'm watching Raw on Mondays. I'm live tweeting Raw on Mondays. Jump on Twitter or jump on Facebook or whatever. Send me a message. I'll, I'll shoot the shit with you. Send me a message on Messenger. I'll shoot the shit with you. For those who don't if know, J.I.W. You are a random person J-I-C. in California listening. If you are a random person listening to this show in California right now, jump on Twitter. J-I-W on J-I-C. 
Send us a message, and I will bullshit with you personally. Okay, I love <laughs> that you just shouted out the California crowd because we've been getting mad love from California. I'm not really sure why. <laughs> Thank you, Californians who are enjoying our product. <laughs> Thank you, Virginians who are also enjoying our product. There are are right like also a very highly um, downloaded state. Uh, yeah, man, it's crazy times to see like statistics about your shit and know where people are coming from. Listen, man. The wrestling world is crazy. I feel like the next time we tw- talk, there's going to be so much more to cover. Like, so, so much more. Yep. Uh, you know, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but we're building to SummerSlam, I guess? No kidding. Yeah, we really are. Like, I can't uh, even believe I have to say that to you, but we're building. We don't even know We don't even know where SummerSlam is at yet, and they're building to it. Towards SummerSlam. It's going to be in the fucking... We have... Be real. It's going to be in the performance no, center, bro. Well, they're still trying to get it elsewhere. It's they're still trying. There was a rumor happen. that they were going to have it in Jersey. It's not. There was a happen. rumor they were going to have it in New Jersey for one. It's not. There was a rumor happen. that Vince was going to rent a boat and have it on a boat. I've heard beach. <laughs> Vince does not. Vince still is not letting go of wanting to have fans. I swear to God, he is not wanting to let go of that. No state's gonna. Uh, it's a health hazard, man. It's not going to happen. He. It is. It is. But. When have you ever known Vince to be, you know, logical and sensible? So I don't know, but dude, I feel like all this stress and pressure <laughs> is going to be the death of him. You, you tell me it's a health hazard. Vince needs to see logic, and Vince needs to be sensible about things. I'm just going to gesture wildly at Raw Underground. <laughs> yeah, Wordlessly when he thinks sensible, wildly. he turns the other way and runs. You've seen you've seen the memes of uh, Rick and Morty where he's just ripping wallpaper off and pointing at what's underneath the wallpaper. Yes. I'm ripping wallpaper off and pointing at Raw Underground. <laughs> We're here, folks. That is where lo- Monday Night Raw on uh, the year of our Lord March March third, twenty twenty, is when Logic went to die on Monday Night Raw. It is. It was God's blind spot for three hours. <laughs> yikes! Big yikes. Oh, and usually man. I only reserve that for Florida. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, God. Anyways, bud, uh, I don't know. Is there anything else we want to dive into now that we've riffed on that? I, I don't know. I, I've had too much pain. I need to go to sleep and, and not be conscious because in my in my dreams, Raw Underground can't get me. <laughs> okay, you're right. You're, you are right. It, it will not get – unless – you drop into a nightmare and you're fighting on Raw Underground against uh, not Shane McMahon but one of those strippers. <laughs> oh, okay, one one final thing about Raw Underground. The one thing that can save it. Did you hear what was suggested by one CM Punk? No. He wants Bailey to fight Renee Young on Raw Underground. Oh my God! And yes. Bailey suggested a hair versus hair match. I'm in. I'm I'm about it. Just Let's inject, do it. Fuck inject it. me with ketamine, strap me to a chair, put that on TV, and I will die. I will ketamine. die a fulfilled human being. <laughs> <laughs> and bring me the head of Kevin Dunn. I'm telling you. Well, folks, as always, you can check out our amazing podcast right here on the Journey Into Comics Network. Get us at journeyintocomics.com. We're so sorry for the weird color change up, Rooney. We'll talk about that at a later time. That's all just design choices, but I digress. You can get us on all the different podcasting platforms, and God damn it, I've got a late-breaking scoop for you, Buckles. Oh, no. It's not wrestling-related. It's actually podcasting-related. Oh, yeah? Now, folks can get us officially, without question, 
on iHeartRadio. We are on iHeartRadio. That's no right. No kidding. Go to iHeartRadio.com and search right. Journey into Comics Network. You will find us there. I like it. Yeah. As well as on all the different podcasting platforms, Apple Music, Google Podcast, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, CastBox, TuneIn, and many others. Literally just search Journey into Comics Network. Get our one feed of eclectic podcast made by a community of friends all around the U.S. here. I think that's going to do it this week, Buckles. You got anything else you want to add before we dive out of here officially? Tope Suicida, our way out of this episode. I I think I've I've had enough diatribes for one night. All right, so let's hit the ropes. We hit the ropes. We go back, as always, for Journey into Wrestling. This is Journey into Wrestling, Season 4, Episode 23. Bring me the head of Kevin Dunn! God damn it! (laughs) I've been Nate. Oh, God help me. I'm Buckles. (laughs) And through the ropes we go. Tope Suicida out. I fucked that up big time. Love it. Great way to end the episode. (laughs) We will see you guys next time on Journey into Wrestling. Later.